Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. Josh, it's been a weird lead up, but uh, I think it's time to actually talk about something that everyone's going to want to talk about. Christmas. Yes, that's right. The next best holiday. Oh, wait. Thanksgiving's coming up. Oh, shoot. Everybody always forgets about that. My wife gets so mad. It's her favorite holiday and uh, everybody skips over it. No, we're actually going to talk about something that already happened. And that's the election. The election. It did happen. And that, you know, we were planning on doing it the next, you know, the Monday after the, ele- you know, Tuesday was election. The Wednesday, we we're going to have it. And then Thursday, we we're going to publish it. And too many results. balls in the air, yes, I think. Are. And a little, a couple of those have settled yep. since then. Not everything, but we're, we'll get there. So I guess, yeah. So on the 3rd of November was, of uh, you know, election day. And yep. Everyone went out and voted, and a lot of people voted beforehand, and a lot of people voted by mail or absentee or whatever they did. A lot of people voted. Record, yeah, record turnouts pretty much on every front, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's, you know, honestly, that's what you want to see is you want more people to vote because historically speaking, you do not see a large turnout um, for elections compared to the number of potential voters that are out there in the U.S. So, you know, it was good to see there was more opportunity for people to vote through the expansion of, on you know, there was mail-in ballots, there was the absentee, the option to drop off ballots, you know, all those different things to make it more accessible, which is a good thing, I think, long-term. Yeah, interesting that all of the, you know, this happened in the midst of an ongoing health pandemic that we're all kind of working our way through right now. So that changed some of the the means and the ways that people could or should, you know, or felt like they should vote anyway. So, yeah, 2020 has been interesting. So yep. that was the election. That was on the 3rd. So uh, Thursday evening, or not Thursday evening, Tuesday, Tuesday evening, evening, we all, you know, sat down after dinner and turned on the TV and we're kind of watching states and counts start coming in. And pretty much you start seeing the numbers come in and you just know at that point that you're probably not going to know a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they were, I think, pretty clear ahead of time. Like, there's just so much unknown. Right. You know, there's enough absentee and vo- online, mail voting, uh, yeah. anything outside of the actual physical voting to not be able to call too much or results. Yeah. I think that, you know, late into the evening on Tuesday night, it was kind of, you know, on by election betting consensus looking like Trump had a really, really, really good shot and even had a decent shot on Wednesday morning. But the more of those later votes got counted in some of the key states, the more it started looking like Vice President um, Biden would then take the knot there. So some of the key states that, that were definitely close were Pennsylvania. Trump had a big lead mm-hmm. for a while. But then a lot of those later votes got counted for uh, for absentee or whatnot, and those were generally speaking for Biden. So that yeah. pushed that state blue. Georgia was close. North Carolina became really close. Michigan, Trump had a, had a good lead in, and then that became really close, and Biden ended up winning that one as well as Arizona and Wisconsin or another couple. North Carolina. In North Carolina. So, yeah, those are some key states that everyone was watching. A lot of the other states kind of went as anticipated, mm-hmm. The one that more shocked or less. me was Alaska is they took forever to call that state. Right, yeah. And Trump was, had a, a very was, large lead. Yeah. And I just thought, <laughs> what are they doing over there? Waiting right. for the you know polar bears to get their votes in? The dog sled bringing the mail votes <laughs> right. coming in. I don't know what's going on. What's that? The I did I I did a rod. I did a rod. 
Yeah. I've always wanted to watch a movie about that. I don't want to go do it. It seems cold. It seems cold. Yeah. So, yes. So, Josh, kind of break down where it looks like. So, th- we're recording this on the 10th. So, we've yes. waited a little while to kind of let things flesh themselves out and see where we're at. Where do things look right now? Yes. So, as of right now, over the weekend, this last weekend, Vice President Biden officially announced that he had won um, and accepted the, the win. And so... Him and Kamala Harris had their victory speeches over the weekend, and so for our presidency, that's they've you know announced they've won based on the count. Now there are some outstanding lawsuits and some counting, recounting of votes going on right now. But it, it appears to be even with that, uh, it, you know, they're the high probability of going to be the next president and vice president. Yes, and then from a House standpoint, so the House really from the number of seats that were out there between the Democrats and Republicans, there was really a high probability that the Democrats were going to keep the House. And they Correct. ended up doing that. They so did. The, the Democrats kept control of the House, but they did they lose did a couple lose seats. Some seats. Yeah. And so there was a little bit of switch there where the Republicans picked up some seats, but not enough to change the majority. Yeah. And the Senate. Yep. And then in the Senate, again, based on the number of seats available, it was projected that the Democrats were going to sweep that. There was kind of what they called the blue wave, where they would take control of all three, um, the President, the Senate, and the House. While the Senate, as of right now, is still in Republican control. Now, there are two outstanding Senate seats, which is both Georgia. Correct. Uh, Every state gets two senators, and both of the senators in Georgia are in a runoff. Yep. And so the election results, as of we speak, are, it's what, 48 to what's yeah 52 52 and so if you count the two republican seats where they were before right so if they lose to democrats it'd be 50 50 with a tie break going to the vice president exactly which and so so yes there's it's four it's actually yeah so if the democrats are able to reclaim both Mm mm-hmm of those two, not reclaim. If they are able to claim both of those seats yes. in the runoff in January, then they will have a 50 50 tie. But Vice President Kamala Harris Breaks would then tie. be the tiebreaker. Yeah. It seems unlikely, based on what we're seeing numbers wise, that Democrats are going to win both. They may win one, but if Republicans only win one, then they, have then they get 51 and they're, they're in the clear and continue to keep that majority. And what does that create? So, the big deal now, and part of, we'll get to this in a minute, is kind of what the reaction was, is because there was not a blue sweep, the Republicans as of right now control the Senate as they did prior. That means there will be gridlock. Gridlock, That's yeah. the big word, gridlock, meaning that not one party has full control to push through an agenda yep. without any opposition. From a market standpoint, that's big news. It is big um, news. Gridlock is the... The market's opinion, gridlock is the best way to govern because it slows things down, it causes compromise, and it allows the market really to have less uncertainty of large changes, sweeping yes. changes in certain you know, healthcare or tax reform, those type of things from one party, either party. Correct. Yeah, those, those are the specific two reasons that the market, you know, following the election— you know, it became pretty evident about later in Wednesday, not clear, but pretty evident later in Wednesday that we were going to have a Biden White House with a Republican Senate and a Democratic House. That was pretty evident late Wednesday, and it's only gotten more evident since then. And the market after the election was on fire. Yes. They liked the fact that you do not, you pretty much are going to keep 
status quo yeah. in terms of tax reform and uh, healthcare regulation are the two things that the market was watching. So, specifically speaking, you know, the vice president, former vice president, president elect Biden and Kamala Kamala Harris could not, you know, work with they didn't have enough Congress on their side to push through the tax reform that Biden had proposed, some of the healthcare things that Biden had proposed. And those are things that were risks for Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And those risks are a little bit less now. Yep. So I think that the week of the election was one of the strongest. It was one of the strongest election weeks ever. Yes. And, you know, the general market was up six, seven, eight, nine percent, depending on what area of that market you're looking at. So good news there. Definitely, gridlock can be thought of as not really anything can happen, and some people may think that that's bad, but Wall Street Street thinks that's pretty good. And speaking of market reaction, we might as well mention Monday, the 9th, there was a big pop in the market, especially early on, because there was a drug company, Pfizer, who announced some COVID news and that their vaccine had a high rate of, what's the word, the... The, yeah, the the effective rate yes, of the, the effectiveness yes, of their vaccine. The, the effective vaccine. rate is over 90%. Correct. And also, there was very little to no adverse side, refe- side effects. Yep. And so that news really moved the market, especially a lot of the more value-oriented stocks, energies, airline, those type of things that have been beat down pretty hard because of COVID. Now, we bring that up to talking about elections because that had a bigger reaction than anything that happened the prior week with the election on right? a one day basis on a, on, a, on a one day basis correct and the reason for that is the market is more concerned about covid than it is a lo- re- election results especially now that they kind of understand that it's just going to be yeah. kind of as is yeah. they were waiting yes on vaccine news yes and it comes back to what we've always said is politics investing really don't mix i mean correct. we there, you know there's a lot of news and headlines about proposals and things like that but in general the stock market doesn't care who's in office, who controls what. They'll react and adjust to whatever policies come out. Yeah. And so this news on something they do care about, which is COVID, which is, is impacting the yeah. economy and has caused a lot of issues, You know, a positive news on that, you see the market react more to that than you do anything else. And so again, coming back to what we've always said is you can have your opinions on politics and you can vote based on what your views and values and beliefs are, but you shouldn't adjust your holdings and your investment philosophy just based on an election result. Correct. Yeah, especially, you know, based on, regardless of what year you're looking at an election, there is potential for choppiness around there. Yes. Just because the market fears change, mm-hmm. and there could always be change. But, yeah, looking out, yes. generally speaking, things have been fine. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah, as a long-term investor. Yeah. As a long-term investor, patience is key. So, Josh, I, I'm going to make – I'm going to give you dad joke of the week right okay. now. I'm ready. I, I got a good one for you. So, why did dad get rid of all the round plates? I, I have a guess. And I'm going to guess because he wanted to eat four square meals a day. It's because no one was eating a square meal. Oh, man. So – Square meals are very important. Eat your vegetables, eat your fruits, fruits, eat your french fries, protein, hot dogs, pizza, eat them all. Iced tea. So, okay, what does this mean, Josh? So, suppose I'm investor John Doe, Mm -hmm. the most generic name they use for all the corpses they don't know who that is in the crime shows. Investor John Doe says, oh my goodness, this is the outcome we're, we're looking like right now. Should I sell my stocks? Well... Yes and no. Depends on what you're selling for. Do I need some money? You know, let's say I'm John Doe in retirement and I need a monthly withdrawal. Then maybe you need to sell. Same a thing bit. as normal. Yes. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question is, you know, that really depends on what your where you're at in your overall financial plan. 
what you need to have accomplished and, and what your goals are. But really, the answer is no. Not out Just of because of an election, right. you should not sell your stocks. Now let's flip it. Flip it. John Doe over here says, Josh, should I buy some stocks? Yeah. And again, it comes back to what are your long-term goals? Should you buy stocks just because of the election? No. Again, it's the election shouldn't drive yeah. it, right? right. Uh, but is now a good time to buy stocks? If you're a long-term investor, it's now always, it's always a good time to buy <laughs> exactly. stocks because you know, 30, 40 years from now, the timing of when you bought in is less important from how long you stayed in. Yep. Compounding does more than the timing of getting in. And exactly. so, you know, is now a good time to buy a stock? Yeah, but it's not as good as it was 10 years ago. So, you know, so it's like they say, planting a tree. The best time to plant a tree is 30 years ago. Yep. The second best time is now. Right now. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's what it comes to investing is timing does not matter. Um, selling or buying should be not based on emotion, but it should be based on the needs in your financial plan. And so really when, you know, and, you talk to clients and you know, you, if you're for or against whoever wins, you can have an emotional reaction. And again, based on your values and all that, that's fine from a politics standpoint. But your politics and your vesting, you need to keep two different hats on. You switch yep. back and forth because they don't mix. They shouldn't mix. And that's what we're reminding our clients is, you know, we're long-term investors. You know, whoever wins the election, they, they're there for four years. Then there's another election. Every two years, there's people moving in and out of the different branches. Exactly. So it's it's there's there's no permanent when it comes to the election process. It's investing in companies over the long run. Do you think this company will be here through all the different presidencies? Yep. And that's what we're investing for. And it's key to remember that historically speaking, through Democrats in the White House, through Republicans in the White House, through Democrats or Republicans in both sides of Congress. The U.S. economy has thrived. It has grown. Mm-hmm. It's had tough times yep. also. The stock market has done the same. But over time, the economy has grown, which meant corporate earnings have grown, which meant the stock market has done well over time. Time is the key, as you've mentioned multiple times. Yes. But it doesn't really matter historically who's been in the White House because both sides have had favorable long-term returns. Yep. And one of the things we always have to be careful about is the old argument, well, this time is different. Right. Because... You can say that every, every time, time. And, right? that, and that's and it's true. You know, every every election is different, and this yeah. time is different than all the last. But that doesn't mean that the long term goals have changed. Exactly. And that's really what you're focusing in on. Yeah. And so yeah, you're right. Um, should you buy or should you sell? That's a great question, and that's something you should talk to your financial advisor about based on your needs and your plan. Yeah. Not what happened on Tuesday. Right. So kind of next steps. Let's think that way now. So obviously you mentioned it earlier, but in January now. So yes. really. The votes are cast aside from the Senate runoff in Georgia, where both senators, two up for re-election and two in, or two current challengers, are, are going to a, what's called a runoff because they are too close yes. going into this. So this so, has nothing to do with the results of the presidential election. This is, a, this is a, the Senate. It's a state yep. thing where in Georgia, the results were so close, it yes. forces a runoff to try again to make sure they, they get yep. the end results. So it's all a result of what was already in Georgia's election laws. It's saying, yeah. okay, if it's within a certain percent, we do a runoff. And the yep. runoff happens in January. And so in a sense, it's, I don't want to call it a do-over, but that's what it is, is everybody knows now it's a pretty tight race. So the idea is if I like candidate A, 
I should make sure I tell everybody, hey, you should vote for you know. It's a chance for again both candidates to go back out and say, yep, recampaign, know, yeah, recampaign and say, okay, you know, you saw how close it was. If you think I'm the right one, make sure that you're motivating, encouraging everybody, and that's what you're going to see a lot of if yeah. you live down in Georgia. You probably see a lot of political ads. I would assume January. that every dollar on both sides of the aisle that has not been spent already is going to be funneled towards Georgia between now and yeah. voting day in January. Because, yeah. like we said. It's, key. it's not just, oh, I want to win the Senate seat, which is part of it. But the thing is, if we win the Senate seat, either party, that determines the control. Exactly. And so that's really what it comes down to is, you know, there's, they'll probably say there's more at stake than just, you know, winning the Senate seat. It's control of the Senate overall. Yeah, absolutely. So that's number one thing we're watching. Number two, obviously, it has probably been noticed that President Trump is. Not has not yet conceded right to the, to the election results that you know a lot of outlets have said this is pretty much what's happening. Um, there are a lot of lawsuits in some key states that were very very close mm-hmm. that I think is is going on mostly to make sure that the the ballots that were in question you know that they're the legal ones they're done correctly everything's kind of on top of the table so I think that that's what's going on right now. It it appears that you know it's probably not going to change the outcome but it's good it everyone should want a legal and fair election and so it's not unprecedented there's been in the past correct. challenges to the election process to make sure it was done correctly yes uh 2000 was a good example with you know george w bush and al gore, and al gore mm-hmm. where they in florida were looking through and, and redoing that um count in some of the key areas down there and that carried through until the supreme court you know made sure that that process was completed yep and there is a deadline there is a time frame that it has to be done because again the votes go in and all the votes determined are the electoral college the representation Correct. from each state. And so there's a deadline for that, for them to go and actually cast their votes for the president. Yeah. And so it, there there will be an end in sight. It won't go on forever, but it will be uh, a little unknown for a little while. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, with everything going on, the key is, for the most part, this was a very orderly, with ev- all, like you said, with COVID and everything going on, the election process ran relatively smoothly. And, uh, you know, with a record number of, early voting and absentee and all that stuff, you know, it's, it shows the ability for our country to adapt to what's needed to yeah. make sure that everybody has the best opportunity to, to vote. I think that, you know, as, as Americans, we can say that with that high voter turnout that, that we all saw, people were very passionate, yep. but I, I think that democracy took a, a big win mm-hmm. in terms of voter participation. Yep. And no matter what side of the aisle you fall in, we can be proud of that. Yep. Because it's the American people who have a voice, and it's an amazing gift that we have. So compared, you know, compared with with like you had mentioned earlier, some of sometimes our voter turnout's not that great, yeah. and it's kind of scary how low it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you compare that to sometimes they have less elections, maybe in some other European countries, but when they do have elections, it's high turnout, crazy high turnout, mm-hmm. and we're getting like close to Europe numbers on some of these like turnout numbers. So I'm very proud of that, and yeah, it, it was not. No elections without its hiccups or uncertainties, but hey, you had an election in the middle of a pandemic, and I think we're going to be all right. Yep. So I'm going to ask you, Austin, about your vote. Okay. Was it early? Was it the morning of? The day of? Did you mail in? Did I you voted vote in person? two days early in person. Okay. And what was your experience? Waiting line? It, I waited. Yeah, yeah. I waited in line. It was a Sunday afternoon. It was Sunday. Mm-hmm. I waited in line for 
30 to 40 minutes okay. in the snow. Oh, that's right, because it had the weird snow We day. had a weird, like, mm-hmm. snow little... It wasn't, like, Blizzard. snowing, but it was blowing and cold. And, uh, yeah, I waited 30 or 40 minutes outside of the Board of Elections. And I was it was great that there were that many people there voting early. Yeah. And uh, it went really smoothly, and okay. it was great. What about you? I voted the day of, so the, the Tuesday, um, the where I vote... There's quite a few machines and very little weight in the previous elections. And I thought, well, based on the number of people that seem to be voting early, which right. here in Ohio, they had a pretty good window. I mean, there was, what, four weeks? Three, yeah, it was pretty weeks. long. It was a decent amount of time that you could go in and vote early. So I thought there's probably not going to be a big line. And sure enough, I went before work. I was in and out in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. It was, you know, and I... I joked, the, the longest it took me was I got stuck behind a bus picking kids up for school <laughs> yeah. on my way to the voting yeah. location. That was what slowed me down more than anything. Yeah. So, you know, it was a very easy process. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, my wife, she voted early uh, and it, it just schedule-wise worked out for her. And um, she waited for maybe 10 or 15 minutes um, yeah. before getting in. But in general, it was, you know, nice to have those options. And for people to, in, in my opinion, you know, it really eliminates any excuse of not voting, you know, because yeah. there's not just that one day. You if you give a, give people quite a few options, your turnout should be high. Yeah, you and help. it was, and it wasn't help. So, yeah, I think the other wild card that everything that continues to be in play is COVID, and you know, it's probably actually really good that the election was when it was, and not a month or two later, yes. because COVID cases are not going down. Yes, they're actually increasing at around a hundred thousand plus per day, which is crazy. High, you know, mm-hmm. here in the United States, we I think we had just crossed over 10 million cases. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of cases. So, yeah, I'm glad that we got that behind us now, and we there won't be any risk to the election not happening or whatever or being postponed. So, the elections and it's it's done. We'll just have to be patient. Um, but yeah, the uncertainty is lessened at yeah. this point. Now, I do want to say one last side note on this whole thing, as we're watching the results and everything, and they're talking about you know. Um, Joe Biden had the largest number of votes ever. And, you know, I said, well, that's great. But it's like when we're watching the Dow or any, you know, the larger the number gets, I know. you know, as population grows, it's you all... would think that's actually a good thing. It's like, you know, we have 300 and some million people here yeah. in the U.S. So you would every election time, should be it, You bigger. should set that yeah. record every four years. But to me, it was just always funny when you when you talk percentages or you talk total number. With a growing population, a total number, it's the same as I say, you know, we had more people watch the Super Bowl than ever before. Well, yeah, yeah. it's because there's more TVs than ever before. You know, it's yeah. just that number to me is irrelevant. Yeah. But it was awesome to see, you know, in general, the percentage of voters Correct. Was, was going up. But uh, every time I saw those, I thought, yeah, it's great. But it's also kind of a weird thing to say yeah. is, you know, okay... Don't give me give me percentages. I'm exactly. a percentage guy. There's, you can compare it. Uh, that's that's just probably a good disclaimer for listeners, whether they're watching the news in terms of finance numbers, you know, stock market numbers, yeah. or election things yeah. like that. Percentages are better. Yes. So, like we saw earlier this year, you know, like biggest Dow drop ever earlier this year. Yeah, yeah but it's the point percentage versus wise, percent. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you know, we've had worse percentage moves. In the past, yes. but from a, per, a dollar, you know, it's just, it's a percentage moves are the great equalizer. Yes. Yeah. So keep that in the back of your mind as a little nugget today. So, Josh, what can listeners do to uh, continue to support and help us grow this podcast? Yeah. Like we always say, you know, first and foremost, subscribe to our podcast. That gives you the alert when something new comes out. And then, second, if you know somebody who's talked about the election and just want our short little recap of it, then make sure you share this episode with them. Um, we would love for you to do that. And then also, like and subscribe to wherever you listen to it. 
uh, leave a comment. You know, any kind of review are great for us. It helps us rank a little higher. So that's always important. And then finally, you know, as we release those all these every Thursday, if you love a topic for us to talk about, yeah. send us an email. We love hello, emails. Yeah. Hello at theinvesteddaz.com. We would love to talk about the topics that you'd love to hear about. All right. Well, until next Thursday, have a great week. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.